Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. Uh, we have our regular crew tonight. Um, I'm Andy from Pointless Exercise and Discipio. And uh, also with us tonight is Kyle. Kyle, where are you from? Hello, Kyle at KRiker27 on Twitter. Uh, good to be here talking our 10 and 2 first place Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, what is it you do? <laughs> <laughs> What is it? What would you say you do around here? <laughs> hey, I I just I just hang out and drink beers. That's exactly what I'm doing tonight. So hey, that's so, great. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then also with us is Sam. Hi, Sam. Hello, Andy. You can find me at Deadspin, or you can find me on Twitter at Fellsgate. That's where you find me. All right. So yeah, like Kyle said, the Cubs as one of the few teams that appear to be taking this whole thing seriously, have <laughs> right. gotten off to a 10-2 start. All right, yes, for as much bitching as I just did. <laughs> oh, he's um, got the pad out, folks. Let, yes. me, let me let you a little in behind the scenes here. He's got a pad. The, I, the Cubs have been, I think, well, yeah, they've been surprisingly fun to watch. Um, it's Part of it, I think, is the... Um, no lead is safe. The, <laughs> you, know, you get to like the seventh and you're cruising along like, you know, Darvish last night. You're like, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden, as you don't get to the seventh, you're like in the sixth, you look at his pitch count and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, that bullpen is going to come in. So even, you know, the every game has this, uh, it flirts with terror, even though they have yet to actually blow a save, which I'm sure they'll do now tonight because I <laughs> But there's been a lot of good... There's been a lot of good stuff. I mean, really, other than the bullpen, which in, for the last three nights, has, you could trick yourself into thinking, hey, they have a representative bullpen. They don't. But for the last three nights, it has f- felt like they have. So I've got a thing here. I want to I run you guys through some numbers, and I want you to tell me whether this is, uh, this is good shit or if this is bullshit. Okay. Okay. Because some yeah. guys have gotten off to really good starts. Some guys have gotten off to very bad starts. And then you can decide whether their numbers are sustainable or unsustainable, basically. You, you got it. With profanity instead. Outstanding. All right. So, Wilson Contreras has started off. He has a 962 OPS, and he's slugging almost 600. So, is that good shit, or is that bullshit? Kyle, you go first. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say bullshit because he's not taking any walks at all. He's just going up there and absolutely hacking, which I, I'm not necessarily opposed to. But, yeah, he's he's just hacking away right now. They- I'm going I'm to say good shit, um, but I don't think – I mean, I don't think he'll keep these numbers up, but I think he's good. Like, I don't think there's the, that much air in his numbers. So I'm going to say good shit. I'm going to say good shit. And I there's, there's two numbers that I think will – uh, moderate, and that will it'll end up being fine. I, um, I think his slugging is going to come down a little bit, but I also hope that the forty percent strikeout rate comes down a little bit, which he's it's not he he hasn't done that before, and I don't think he will. Um, so I think those two things will even out. He'll strike out less. He might hit for a little less power. I think he's going to have a good overall season. Uh, what about our, our good buddy Ian Happ, <laughs> who has a ten forty seven OPS and is slugging six forty seven. Sam, why don't you go first this time? 
I'm still going to say good shit. Um, he's not a 1,000 OPS 600 slugging guy, but I I like what I see. I think I think Hap's a plus player. So the numbers will come down, but not to the point where you'd say that's bullshit. Kyle? Good shit, absolutely. I am, I've been enamored with Ian Hap's skill set for the better part of the last four years. Like, yeah, obviously, like Sam said, he's not going to OPS 1,000, but – he gets on base a ton. He hits with power from both sides. Of, well, kind of from both sides of the plate, and he can go and adequately stand at multiple defensive <laughs> positions. He Sorry. is, and I absolutely love him in the nine hole in the current configuration that they have right now. So good shit, absolutely. Yes, I also think the the numbers are are unsustainable at this level, but I don't think they should sink to a level where we're like, oh crap, he sucks now. Um, <laughs> but I'm not ruling it out. I mean, it could happen. He's at over a thousand MLB plate appearances with an 825 yep. OPS, which is that's pretty damn solid that's for pretty, a 25 year old, right? For a guy who, as you say, stands in multiple positions. But, <laughs> you know, he's actually. I mean, I I haven't noticed anything in center. I feel no. like he's been pretty decent out there. Yep, um, I agree. There's, you know, he's he's a infielder by trade who is now a good enough outfielder that he goes in for defense. Yeah, even games he doesn't start. Which is- so, so I didn't know that a thousand PAs and an A twenty five OPS. Well, you, you'll take that absolutely. And they took the approach with him that they were so hesitant to with any of the other young guys. I mean, obviously, they didn't have to take it with Chris Bryant. You just didn't have to. But they had their young players did what young players do. They started off very well and then they kind of bottomed out. And with everybody but him. They just had. They just make, kept making them take their lumps in the big leagues. The, well, Schwarber got did, sent down. Well, but they did. It, they, there was almost pathological. They made Schwarber stay for another month. Bef- everybody's like, just send him to Iowa. Let him get stuff straightened out. And they're like, oh no, we're not going to do that. And then they finally did it. Hap, they sent down there and they left him. And they basically said, all right, you, we've got stuff we want you to work on a change. As soon as you show you've changed, we're going to make you prove that you that it's sustainable, and then we're going to bring you up. And um, by the end of last season, when we'd all stopped paying attention, he was really good. Like <laughs> There was the whole joke that he was the National League Player of the Week the last week of the season, and then he's the longest reigning one ever <laughs> because he got to be Player of the Week until um, right. who replaced him, Chatwood? Yeah, for like 42, uh, Hendricks. <laughs> well, that's right, Kyle Hendricks. Well, Wilson, Wilson never really like Wilson came up and just was good. Yes, um, and he was also fact, he got to be he he was a part time player. He was the most of the part time player, but there were two right. other catchers, and they could kind of pick their spots with him. But he was you know he was good, and he was also and they, older. Right, and he they spent a long the time in the minors where the other guys had spent barely right. any time. So he's minors. he's a different animal. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm 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 almost fully on board with Ian Happ. I was I, I I thought his numbers the last week of this two weeks of the season last week of the season I'm like, well, who cares? You know, like but but they seem to have carried over and uh yeah, he I good shit. Yeah. Bottom line. All right, Kyle David Bodie. Oh god. Three forty six on base, five forty five slugging, eight ninety two OPS. And then another but a, a somewhat troubling stat. Two twenty seven batting average. I think it's Kyle's turn. <laughs> yes, it's Kyle's turn. Oh, well, we've lost Kyle. Oh, he's muted. 
Oh, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 892 OPS is obviously bullshit. I am... 692, isn't it? No, it's 892. 892. 545 Brody? slugging. Yep. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, he's been he's been absolutely melting baseballs lately. But like uh bullshit is my answer, but uh good shit on the defensive side because he's always been the guy that um makes the somewhat challenging play and tends to boot a lot of routine balls, but he's been an absolute rock out there at second and third. He made a great play last night. So I'll say bullshit uh with a heavy caveat. I don't know if you know this because nobody ever talks about it. His dad was a baseball coach. Did you guys know that? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say bullshit, too. I want to say good shit, but, like, he just strikes me as a guy who would start like this at a normal season and then, like, go oh for May. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he'll do that this year, go oh for September or something. But, yeah, I, I there's just something uneasy about it. But I'm happy to accept it for now. But I think it's bullshit. Yeah, that reminds me. This is the one thing we haven't we nobody's talked about this. Imagine how good Derek Lee would have been in this season. Because he didn't get a hit until June first. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he wouldn't have had to go through any of it. Ryan Sandberg never got a hit until May. He would have been those two guys would have been, you know, even better had they been able to skip the first three <laughs> months of every season. Um I think that the I think only the slugging is the unsustainable part. He should be getting on 34% right. of the time. Um, the batting average should actually come up. And, yes, it's nice. He actually was a he was a better player the second half last year than we all noticed. Um, mm-hmm. But not not great. But he was he – was, he was, I think we think he had a bad year last year, and his season was okay, mostly because he had a pretty good second half. For um, a fifth or sixth infielder, it's fine. Right. It gives right? you the opportunity to play him – and, um, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We got two. There's two guys then that, you know, he might be able to uh, mitigate their playing time. And they're the, ne- they're the two next guys. Jason Kipnis, mm-hmm. 429 batting average, 500 on base average, <laughs> 1071 OPS. No, 1071 Abs- slugging, 1571 <laughs> OPS. Is that sustainable? Absolute bullshit, and I I'm happy to eat it on Jason Gibbons, but I saw this guy in Cleveland the past years. He's dead. He was dead, left for dead, just an absolute carcass. So this, you know, I think they've got him right in the right role right now. Pick his spots, let Horner take most of the at bats, uh, try and spot him as best you can. But no, this is this is the one with all the air in it. Yeah, this is this this is the easiest one. Probably going to be the easiest one. Total bullshit. Like Sam said, he's a he's a great filler for the way they're using him. But uh, at what is he thirty three, OPSing over a thousand. I'm going to go ahead and guess that doesn't keep up. Uh, and I will note while we're on Kipnis, as uh, any Cub fan or anybody talking about the team is obligated to note, he is from Northbrook, Illinois. Yep, and it's his actual first name. Is Northbrook, <laughs> Northbrook native, Northbrook, Northbrook native, native, Jason Kipnis. I don't know if there's a hy- I don't know if there's a hyphen in there or if it's just all one word run together, but that's what it is. Which probably means he's an asshole. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it's interesting how Ross has used him because it, this is not a platoon. Horner no. is playing most of the like tonight against the right-hander. Horner's playing not Kipnis, so they literally are picking guys with. Um, 
maybe guys who can't throw hard. <laughs> I think that's can what he, it is. Can Kipnis get around on this guy? Yeah. All right, he can play tonight. <laughs> but, but that's Nico, fine. I mean, Nico, that's get ready cool. in case if there might be a ground ball or two, and if that, and then we're gonna have to get him out of there because they'd go right through him. I mean, I I think that's a great way to bleed in Horner. Yes. Yeah. It's, so I like the idea of uh, it's more. You can, pl- you can platoon. You can- <laughs> I don't want to know what's happening. Um, <laughs> oh, I just saw what happened. Um, you can platoon without ha- just being strict right-left. Right. Um, and that's what they're doing. And I just saw what Kyle's damn it was. And I, I agree. Damn it. <laughs> I concur with his damn it. Whit Merrifield has hit a 200-foot home run off the fucking foul ball. Um, Steven Souza Jr., 083 batting average, 214 on base, 167 slugging. Kyle? Is, uh, is good shit yeah. the response to the It, it kind of defies uh, this, <laughs> these categories. Because I think we all agree that this is him and it's not good. It's not, I mean, bull- uh, it's not bullshit. And it's not it's, good. It's definitely not bullshit. Uh, a thirty a recycled thirty one year old Steven Souza who has not had more than a hundred plate appearances in the big leagues in three years sucking and uh making Kyle Schwarber look like an all time elite great left fielder uh good shit because this is what he is, but what he is is bullshit. So so he <laughs> yeah. caught that he had the weird catch in Wrigley uh, or in Cincinnati, where he clearly took it, he just took the wrong route, reached up over his head and caught it. And everybody's like, "Oh, you know, nice adjustment there at the end." And then the very, and then the very next game he played, he did it again at Wrigley. And it's like, "Oh, clearly this is just how he catches fly balls. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just wander over and throw your glove up at the last second and hope that the ball lands in it." That's oh, you're right. Hope that the ball catches you. Yes, that's, that's um, not inspiring. <laughs> I think. I think Kyle's right in that it's good shit because he's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's this bad. No, of course he's not this bad. But but I yeah I wouldn't hold out much hope. I just I'm, when I see him in the outfield, it always seems like he's playing so shallow, and maybe it just feels like he's playing shallow because he reacts so poorly to going back on anything. So it's like, well, he must have been playing right behind the second baseman. How could he have missed this by so much? Uh, but yeah, I, I still think he's trying to calibrate for the legs he used to have. That's what I wondered. It's like, okay, my legs don't bend anymore, so <laughs> right. I can't run in. <laughs> so maybe you should, but, uh, you know, um, whatever. Yeah, he, I, I'm not holding out much hope for Steven Souza. He is one of the prime cheerleaders when, yes. when he's not playing. So maybe put him on the taxi squad. And give him some pom poms, and have him sit in the stands behind the dugout, and he can fulfill the same role without making all those outs. All right, Albert Elmora Jr. One eighty two, three fifty seven. You don't even have to give us the numbers. One eighty two. <laughs> Always a good sign when your batting average and slugging are the same. Uh, he. It's the same thing. It's good shit in that he is bullshit. I mean, I don't know how much longer. We have to wait on this guy. Like he, he doesn't even seem to have good instincts anymore. <laughs> like it's just, I watch him and I know it's going to be a ground ball. When we've all decided ground balls are bad, and he still hits a lot of ground balls. 
doesn't hit them particularly hard. And uh, it's just it's just not it's just not, not gonna work. Like it's over. <laughs> like I honestly like I I'm sorry, it just is. Kyle? Yep. Same answer. It's it's over. It should have been over. Realistically, it probably should have been over a solid year and a half ago. Um, he's one of the bottom, what, three or five MLB like regulars in the last since the middle of 2018. And the fact that last night they started Nico Horner yep. in center and Jason <laughs> Hayward in right against a left-handed pitcher yep. with the one thing he's supposed to actually carry some value at is just so telling, but also absolutely the right move. Well, he didn't. well, and it's it's sixty games. You can't you can't sit around and wait for him no. to find it. You know, I feel like if this were a normal season, Ross would probably have given him the start last night. You know, against the lefty and given him a little more time to to try and find it. But you know, they don't. Uh, every game matters, so we you know, and you could even you could even put Horner in center and happen right with Bodie at second. And like, not even have to worry about Schwarber batting against the lefty. Yep. Like, uh, so yeah. I mean, I I applaud Ross for for pulling the trigger. Like, it, it it's just it's just clearly not gonna happen. So why wait? Yeah. So last night they faced a lefty, and no Elmora and no Souza. And then it brings up the question: What are they for? <laughs> if you don't that play, then. Why are you there? I can't answer that in any way that you will find acceptable. But they both should have been very excited to see that the um, roster is going to stay. It went down to 28 tonight, and it's Mm -hmm. staying there. Because if it goes to 26, one of those two guys probably has to go (laughs) bye-bye. Probably. I mean, you can get – well, maybe not. I guess you get rid of – because I, oh, God forbid, you wouldn't want to get rid of Josh Fegley. Um, (laughs) But – this bullpen is they are just going to have to throw volume at it apparently all year, which means they have to, it would at least one position player would have gone bye-bye and it, it might've been one of those two. Did Justin Steele even get an appearance? Did I miss it? He did not. But doesn't he have stuff? He, he supposedly is, uh, he's like your boy, Dylan Maples. Oh, not, not to that extreme. Play. Yes. Not a lot of strikes. Well, that's probably a problem then. So. Who needs who needs those things anyway? I mean, he was doomed because in normally he's the guy when you get when you have a comfortable lead late, you're like, all right, let's see this kid. But mm-hmm. they had to go, all right, let's try out the sixteen million dollar closer and see if we can <laughs> salvage him. So Justin's like, hey, this is supposed to be my inning. It's like, no, right. <laughs> sorry, buddy, we got a much bigger investment in the other guy, so we got to watch him fail first. Who's probably worse than you? Yes. Um. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's dispiriting. All right, Sam. Okay. Alec Mills, two and zero, one point three eight ERA. That's the good. This a little little concerning. He uh, has the lowest uh, pitch velocity of any pitcher in the majors. Okay. Seven strikeouts to five walks in thirteen innings. <sighs> Can you give me a BABIP? Uh. 114. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's low. Is, is it 114? 114. Then I'm afraid I'm going to have to say bullshit. Uh, I want Alec Mills to be good. I would love for the Cubs to have two-fifths of a rotation of a, of guys with a fastball that can't break wind. Um, but, yeah, I he's doing – like, if he, again, I 
keep saying this, and I have to stop saying it. He feels like a guy in a normal season who would have two, three, four good starts. Then the scouting reports go out, and then he spends like a month just getting clubbed. Uh, so I am not boarding the Alec Mills train yet. Okay, Kyle. I will also be rescinding my tr- my ticket to the Alec Mills train. He, <laughs> uh, he's sporting a, a tidy 1.38 yep. ERA, but against a 4.06 FIP. So not but like a 4.06 FIP out of him is is probably fine. It is fine. It's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, which it's is just, why I get a, such a kick out of oh well when Quintana comes back we'll just throw him in the pen. It's like oh you're you're buying Alec Mills like you're just. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's 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 stapled down that spot in the rotation after two starts. Okay, yeah, I want to talk. About, I want to talk about that uh, later. Uh, not part of this conversation about okay about what we do, what they what we what they do with Jose when he comes back. Um, so I think obviously Alec Mills is not a uh, 1.38 ERA pitcher. Um, I do think that. If you if you had to have him as your fifth starter all year, you the Cubs have clearly done worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the weird things about the way he pitches is he throws that soft by choice. Mm-hmm. Like he does have a low nineties fastball, and you do see it once in a while. He, he breaks it out, uh, but he's throwing a sixty-five mile an hour curveball just because he wants it to be sixty-five miles an hour. It's not like some. Yeah, it's not like what was it, Frank Tanana? late in his career. He'd been like this fireballer who blew his elbow to bits and he's throwing 70 mile an hour curves because that's all the faster he could throw it. That's not what Alec is doing. And he does, he adds and subtracts to it just a little bit to keep people off. Uh, the problem is obviously it's at some point you, you need to reach back and get a little something that he probably just doesn't have. Um, so clearly he's not this good. I think they could probably, Survive with him. One of the weird things about it, I was thinking was like, why do they have him and Hendricks pitching back to back? It just seems like you know you'd want to, you don't want teams to get a look at him and then get a look at Hendricks. But then I got to thinking, well, you also have Lester, so you you got to two two of the guys who can't throw hard have to be back to back in that rotation because just the way math works. So I guess it really doesn't matter that they're back. It's not right. like you, you can't put a fireballer on each side of Alec Mills. I guess you could, you could put him in between Darvish and Chatwood. Um, but then that means you've got Lester and Hendricks back to back and you end up with the same conundrum. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that matters. And it's probably better to have Hendricks after Mills because Kyle's actually good. Right. So it's not like you're seeing the next day you're like, oh, good. It's low rent. Kyle Hendricks. We got used to, you know, this guy kicked our ass yesterday, but with this one we can hit. So maybe that's why that it'll maybe well, it'll work I, in that order. I want to be fair to Alec Mills. Now there's still a lot of air in his numbers. The 93% left on base percentage sticks out, as does the 114 Babbitt. But he is allowing only 22% hard contact rate, yep. which is very good. Yep. Uh, and this is the thing with Hendricks that we've that we've had to argue for years that people have finally accepted that yes, he does benefit from his defense, and yes. You know, his BABIP's always a little weird and his numbers are a little weird, but because he gives up such little hard contact, those numbers tend to stay down. Now, I don't know if Alec Mills can keep that up with that stuff, but there's still air in the numbers, but maybe not as much as you might first think. 
Yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to keep up a 114 BABIP and a 93 left on base percentage. Those are galactic numbers. So I, but, I, I would not dream to compare Alec Mills to Greg Maddox. But no. when Maddox came back for his second tour with the Cubs, one of the things he tried to get across to Carlos Zambrano, which you will be shocked to know Carlos didn't listen to, <laughs> yes, I was, be shocked. was when you get in trouble, take some miles an hour off your pitches. Don't try to add them. Because hitters expect you to try to hump it up there even faster. And you can really screw up their timing if you take it just a little bit off in a big moment. They're keyed up. They're ready to hit, rip whatever you get. And, of course, Maddox could do it because he's Greg Maddox. Right. Um, I, I, th- that seems to be kind of the Mills' whole idea is I'm going to mess with these speeds. I'm going to throw just a little bit slower than you even think I'm going to. And you're going to end up hitting it off the end of the bat instead of squaring me up. And he's obviously he's going to have a start where he just gets clubbed. I mean, most pitchers do at some point. Yeah. Um, and his could be spectacular. But it doesn't mean that he'll have, you know, lots of those. I don't know. He he was always, the last two years he's made spot starts, and he always, you know, equipped himself. That's not the right word. Um, acquitted. Acquitted himself. Or equipped. That's nice. Or equipped, if you want. You know, relatively well both times. So it's not a complete shock that he would be useful. Nobody expected this, and we can't expect it. Okay. Um, Tyler Chatwood. Oh, well. He's pitching as we, we speak, and things are, we, are not going well. Things are not going well. very well, but... They're not going to... This is not, though, a typical Tyler Chatwood bad start. Where no, no, ball, he's just getting hit. Right, where the ball is go all over the backstop. They're, the Royals <laughs> right. are just actually hitting him. Uh, but going into tonight, 2-0 and all with an 071, 19 strikeouts to four walks. Ah... <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, I, we're seeing it tonight. I mean, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say the the walk thing is obviously encouraging, and on the the ERA FIP uh, gap thing, he's at a zero point seven one ERA, but with a zero point nine three FIP. Yeah. So it it has been a lot of his his own merit by by those numbers, which is unbelievably encouraging. And I think we all know how nasty he can be when he's not throwing the ball to the backstop every single pitch. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna diverge here. I'm gonna say it's good shit. I, I think we forget that he was pretty good out of the pen last year. Uh, you know, I think that, okay, the 2.84 walks per nine is probably bullshit, but I think he can be an effective starter. I think this might be excessive. Um, but I, I don't know. It feels like he's at least figured a half thing out. So that his walks aren't a simply obscene number, um, and I don't, you know, I don't, wouldn't expect an all-star rate. But I mean, the stuff is so good mm-hmm. that even if he walks three, four, five guys per nine, you would expect him to still be pretty effective. It's when he was walking twenty-one guys per nine innings that things were uh, ridiculous. So. Uh, I think this is a reclamation project they've gotten right, so I'm going to say good shit. I wanted him to come out of the bullpen again this year, just for the well. So do I. For the reason that I, when he's off, then you can, you know, you can just get him out. That's what Joe did a couple of times last year. You know, right? The it was like, all right, well, we're going to get three innings out of Chatwood, and halfway through that first inning, he's like, nope, we are not going to get three innings out of him tonight. 
And so that I and that colored my whole opinion, which was he's still the same old guy. But clearly, you know, he did throw a lot more strikes, especially the second half of last year. He was useful out of the bullpen, and as long as he avoids the, you know, just the the can't get it anywhere near the catcher thing, he's always been good. Even his years in Colorado, mm-hmm. he was hard to hit, and um, you know, I don't. I can't, you know, he's not going to be a side. Well, who knows the 60 game season, whatever the Cy Young candidate is, he's not going to be one of the top pitchers in the national league all year, but he certainly should be, um, you know, good, which is for me to say that for him, I can't imagine that early in the off season, I would never have thought I would have said that, but it's, you know, it's to watch him pitch has been impressive because he's actually hitting his spots, which we rarely saw. Mm Mm-hmm. They might not continue, but I, right. I feel like I feel like that that first season has been put behind him, and he might not. He might. He's probably not this good, but I, I think he's probably effective major league starter good. So that to me, that's good shit. Not based on tonight. All right. He's getting. He's getting. He's. he's, A lot of things are hitting holes tonight. Yes, and even and like we said, even the home run. Was right down the line. Yes, so. Not hit very far and hit the freaking foul ball. So everybody, everybody's going to have a game like that. Let's yep. be six to one. Cubs closer. Oh, Rowan God. Wick. Rowan Wick. Oh, okay. Two for two saves. No earned runs in four games. He struck out two in three and two thirds. <sighs> Give me those numbers again. Uh, two saves and two opportunities. Hasn't allowed an earned run in four appearances. Uh, but only has two strikes in three and two strikeouts in three and two thirds innings. That's not good. That was a number that jumped out to me. Was that he wasn't, he did, but it's three and two thirds innings. But he wasn't striking guys out. He's the last couple of appearances. I felt like he's thrown noticeably harder, which is good because both Wicks were not throwing hard in the in summer camp, and that was distressing. Yeah, his first outing, it definitely felt like the velocity was down. Um. Oh God! <laughs> Is there a middle option? I just—it's hard for me to completely buy into a guy who we have like three quarters of a season with. Yep. Um, but I don't want to write him off either. I mean, you, you know, if they—well, even if they play games that matter, I don't think I'm going to be that emotional about it. But if if, if they even if, if they're playing normal games that matter, and he comes in in the eighth inning, I'm I'm still kind of hiding behind the couch. But like not like with the army helmet and, and sandbags <laughs> that I would with Kimbrel or other relievers. So um, I'm splitting it. I'm I'm taking the easy way out and saying it's 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 just shit. Yes, not not good or bull. it's good or bull. It's just, just it's run of the mill shit. It's just run of the mill shit. Kyle, I I will say good shit. He is at the very least one of the few, if not only guys in that bullpen that can consistently sit 94, 95 when everyone else is out there throwing 91. Um, so he can at least, he at least has the ability to miss some bats and I, oh, okay. How about this as a closer, <laughs> as a closer bullshit. Cause if Rowan wicks your closer, you're already fucked, but in general, good shit. See, I don't think 94, 95 is just that hard. Like I don't think that's plus velocity anymore. Well, it isn't, but for the Cubs, <laughs> it is for the Cubs, yeah. Which is which is the problem, right? Um, 
but uh, I, and 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 I don't think they should have a closer. Like, mm-hmm. if there's ever a team where you can say we're doing away with these yeah. fucking labels, it's right here, right now. You've got a bunch of bums out there who have no right to say, well, I need to know my role. Your role is that you're in the major leagues, so shut up. Right, and then that frees um, you up to the thing that Theo talked about. They were going to try it in Boston one year, and then they gave up. Right. Which is sometimes you get into a spot in the seventh inning where you're like, we should just use our best reliever right now. Why are we saving right. him for the ninth when that lead might be gone before we get it? Um, the problem, of course, for the Cubs is look down at the bullpen have... and go, which one's the best one? <laughs> they don't have a best one. But you're right. This, it should free them up to just, all right, what's what's the best matchup? And we think it's this yeah. guy. Screw it. We're just going to use him. We'll figure out the ninth when we get there. All right, that kind of right. leads us into Jeremy Jeffress. Mm-hmm. 1-0 has, has not allowed an earned run or a hit in six innings. Bullshit! Total bullshit! I've watched enough. I've I've watched enough of the goddamn Milwaukee Brewers over the last however many years. Total bullshit! Total bullshit! That is harsh. <laughs> it is harsh. Um, I'm gonna go the other way because I've seen him. Be, we've seen him be good before, right? And relievers sometimes, when you think they're past it, they just pop up for another year and are good for absolutely no reason. Would I resign him? No. Like, I wouldn't ask for his second year of this. Um, But, you know, we've seen him do this before. Relievers just go from good to bad with no explanation. So I'm going to say it's good shit. I'm hoping he's 60-game season Jesse Chavez. Right. Which was a guy whose whole career had just been up and down, up and down. He'd been a starter. Of course, Jefferson, I don't think he'd ever been a starter. But the, the up and down fits. I mean... Two seasons ago, he was an all-star. Had a 1-5-2 ERA for the whole year, which ERA is not a great stat for relievers, but his other numbers were, he was legitimately good. And then last year, the Brewers, when rosters expanded on September 1st, said, Jeremy, you can leave. (laughs) Your services are no longer required. Um... Oh. Speaking, right. of yes. See, Speaking Tyler, of services, no longer picked a, we picked a great night to say nice things about Tyler Chapman. <laughs> yeah, right. He is playing home run derby with the Royals, which is not, not a great thing. He is giving up a homer now to the corpse that was Michael Franco. So my my struggle with Jeffress is um, in the spring, he looked really good in spring training, and he was throwing harder. He was throwing... He was hitting 95 sometimes, 93-94 most of the time, which is when he had his most success in Milwaukee. Since summer camp, he's been like 91-92, which is a big difference, even though it's like, oh, it's two miles an hour. Well, it's a lot when you throw it. It's a lot, yeah. Um, And maybe, maybe it was just, maybe we had a hot Arizona gun. I don't know. That gun down there is always fucked. Like, I feel like everyone throws really hard down there because they want you to get excited about the right. season. Because if that's the case, he, he was getting results in the spring, and he's been getting results through, well, admittedly, only 12 games, of which he's pitched in, well, I guess he has pitched in six innings, or six games. He's pitched six innings. Um, it's also nice that Ross has stopped waiting until the bases were loaded and the tying run was on third for him to come in, so he has a little <laughs> bit of a chance. Um, and it's... Interesting to me that he seems to be the one reliever who has uh, a role, or at least you know what that role is. Ross wants him to be the eighth inning guy. A few times he's had to um, 
had him piggyback the closer, which is not great. Put out a fire or two. But the last few times it's been like, all right, Jeremy, you're you know we're taking the net away because you we need you to go pitch the eighth. And I even suggested just put him in left field so that when Kimbrel loads the bases, you just bring him right back in again. <laughs> right. I like that idea. That works for me. Kyle Ryan. Oh Lord. Seven hits. Four runs allowed in four and two-thirds innings. And he is noticeably throwing slower than even last year. And last year, he's not exactly a fireballer to begin with. Uh, Kyle? Uh, good shit because he sucks. <laughs> so this is what he is against. Same answer as earlier, same thing. Um, yeah, good shit in that he's bullshit. In that, yeah, in that this is exactly who he is. <laughs> His uh his four nine two ERA or sorry that's his FIP his where am I looking at here anyway his FIP's right in line with his career slightly a little bit worse but he's he's not that good he's he's just not good yeah I'm uh, I'm with Kyle uh, on Kyle um you know he's he just he's always screamed that journeyman reliever who you you might get the spasm of a good 50, 60 appearances from him and they did. And now that's over. <laughs> like it's it's time to move on. Um, he's bad, and I think he's going to remain bad. So the, here was a troubling stat that I found for him. He's one. He throws sixty nine percent of his pitches are strikes. So you think, well, yeah, that's that's pretty good. But twelve percent of the of his of his pitches are strikes that are called looking. Five percent are strikes that are swinging. So the vast majority of his strikes are either hit or into play the other way. or hit yeah. foul. There, <laughs> he is not getting the ball by the batter ever, and that's that's not <laughs> they, good. They have a lot of relievers who have that affliction. Yes, they do. They are uh, they they are pitched to contact even when they're not trying <laughs> yeah, right. to be pitched to contact. They're, right. they're the only they're the only bullpen in the majors that's pitched to contact. All right, here's our last one. I saved the best for last. Craig Kimbrell, he's allowed six earned runs in one and two thirds innings pitched. I didn't think he'd gotten five outs, so I'm actually uh, impressed by the one two thirds innings pitched. He has so far one strikeout to four walks, and his ERA plus. Kids at home, remember that 100 is league average. His ERA plus is a 15. So, Sam, what do you think of uh, Craig Beardless Craig Kimbrell? Yeah, uh, it's good shit in that he's bullshit. Um, he's this is what happens to closers who lose it. It goes quickly. Like, didn't Eric Gagne set the record for saves and then was gone two years later? Yeah, okay, he was pumped full of HGH or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's no different than what you said last weekend. It's like the velocity seems like it's there. Yep. But because he's trying so hard to throw hard, he can't control it. And they say, well, we think he's tipping his pitches, but they can't seem to identify what that is because God knows the Royals weren't fooled. Um, I would, he just doesn't have location because he's never needed it, but he still throws reasonably hard and it would be effective if he'd work at the top of the zone, but he doesn't yep. like if he threw that 95 mile no fastball at the letters, you would have a hard time catching up to it. 
And then his curveball would look better because it starts there and then drops. Well, but he still works at the bottom of the zone where you can just yeah. drop your bat on it. And last and his year... curveball is, is clearly getting tipped or whatever. Last year when he wasn't throwing as hard, he was trying the top of the zone and was getting hammered. In fact, the 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 uh, when the Cardinals hit the home runs on back-to-back pitches to tie and then take the lead against him, the pitch Yachty hit was up and Yachty hasn't been able to hit a ball above his waist for 15 years and he smoked it because it was up there and there was nothing on it and I wonder if right. even though he's throwing harder he's like I can't throw up there it's like well you're gonna right. have to because throwing down here is not working and it's interesting that you brought up Eric Gagne because apparently Theodore I guess we decided Theo's name isn't really Theodore didn't learn his lesson because when you go through, when you look at the Eric Gagne baseball reference page, you're like, ooh, he's really good, really good, really good, really good, really good. Ooh, what was that? Oh, that was 2007 in Boston, the one year he was there. He, right. That was the beginning of the end. By 2008, he was in 16 games with the uh, uh, Brewers, and then he was retired. So, um yeah. Theo has it been through quick. this before with the, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't believe this guy's available. And then you watch him pitch, you're like, oh, I can believe that guy was available. <laughs> I mean, he was, he, we've been over this in that he, he was already starting to creak when he was with, when he won the World Series with the Red Sox. Yeah. Why they brought Chris Sale in to clinch it. So he was already on the decline. And because you had to have a closer. Because Joe Madden had to have a closer, you desperately signed this guy because you ignored the rest of your bullpen, and now you're stuck with him. I mean, what are you gonna do? Hope he retires? Like that's not gonna—he's not gonna turn down sixteen million dollars or thirteen million or whatever he's making. Um, so I don't—I don't know what you do. I mean, they need to figure out if he's tipping his pitches. They—I've you know, heard his arm slots lower. I haven't actually looked it up, uh, but. You know, something's off, and it doesn't look like it's coming back. Kyle, what do you think? Uh, prorated $16 million last year, prorated $16 million this year, and a full $16 million next year. It's a good gig if you or, can get it. Yeah, you know, it's a great gig if you can get it for an 8.46 ERA. Uh, it was Sam said it best with these. I mean, with relievers in general, but especially closers, when it goes, it goes and it doesn't come back. I mean, maybe it comes back a little bit, but I mean, shit. Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you're, especially when you're talking about a guy who's never relied on location, right. like like Kenley Jansen can still get by. He's not nearly as good as he was, but not only did he have, well, not only was his stuff just gross, but he always hit the corners, you know, and he can still do that, like. Kimbrell never had to worry about that. He threw so damn hard. It didn't matter. Well, now it matters, and he can't do it. And uh, that's how that's going to be. So I don't know what you do. I mean, it's great that the Cubs have their own Brent Seabrook problem. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, they they need that money. <laughs> like, they still, yes. they're over the luxury tax, right? They still got to get under it. And no one's going to take him. I mean, you could... You could say we'll pay you half of his contract, and people are gonna be like, "Get get the fuck out of here with that." Um, so I don't I don't know what you do here, but it's it's bad. It's in the words of our old Burnside, it's bad, you know. <laughs> so looking up his strike percentages for this uh-huh. year, forty nine percent of his pitches are strikes. Is that good? That seems like that might not be good. 
28% looking, good. though. But here's an alarming 5% swing. So he's not he's not fooling anybody. The yeah. ones they're taking for strikes, they're just waiting for something else. Um, Maybe so, they should have him talk to Ryan Sandberg because he left money on the table. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I suck. I'm not earning this. I'm out of here. Um, so I look, can we get his wife in the corn cob dress? So I was trying to figure out, trying to figure out how drastically this has changed. His best year ever was one of the great, one of the greatest years by a reliever in history was 2012. He threw 71 percent strikes, 20 percent looking, and 20 percent swing. He was so that's dominant. He's mm-hmm. a fifth of the pitches you just didn't bother to swing at, and another fifth you swung at, and you just didn't. You didn't come close to hitting it. By 28, so that was his peak. But 2018 was his beginning of his meh, you know, because he'd been pretty good until then. He the numbers looked okay, but clearly the uh, Red Sox were like, I don't know that we trust this anymore. 62% strike, 16% looking, 17% swinging. So it's like, all right, well, how how bad did it get last year? Well, it was the same basically. 61% of his pitches were strikes, 14% were strikes looking, 15% were swinging. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, the, it's the ones that aren't strikes looking yes. or swinging that's the problem it's the contact so you think all right well you you would have expected he went from you know okay to last year was a rough year but if you look at the numbers it wasn't really that different well this is the year then that it's like okay yeah it's that's it's done because that's you know it's that's more than just alarming that's five five <laughs> percent of pitches are ones that somebody's like i'm gonna try to hit this oh i couldn't hit it Right. That's it. When it's only five yeah. percent, that's not a good. Not that's good. not where you want to be. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I feel bad for him, but I think we kind of had an inkling that this was going to happen. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it wasn't, think anybody had real confidence. Was, that, I mean, it was partly the the frozen free agent market, and no one wants to pay anyone because Keuchel was out there too. But there was also an element of like, well, I'm not paying this guy what he's asking. Because I think he might be finished. Yep. And if he's not, he's close to it. And that's exactly how it turned out. And so you think, well, what the hell did they, why did they have to give him a three-year contract? He's out there until June. But supposedly, they, it was them and the Brewers that were both after him. And they're like, well, you know, we don't, God forbid, we don't want to see Kimbrel and um, Hader at the end of games. That's, well, yeah, you do. <laughs> you didn't know that he was like, yes, that would be great. <laughs> and it's also interesting because the one of the reasons they traded for Jose Quintana was because they knew that the Brewers were after him, and they thought, oh, if the Brewers had that, you know, a good solid, you know, starter who's they don't have to pay very much, that's you know, it's another reason for us to go get him. So that's two moves that you, at least part of it was. We got to keep him away from the Brewers. From now on, if you're sniffing around somebody and the Brewers are too, let the Brewers have him. That's my new strategy. Are we really going to have Go Jose Quintana debate again? No, I'm not saying that that trade. <laughs> the, the trade has been better than people have. You know, people just pile I'm on it. Admit, um, even though Eloy would have nowhere to play, and Dylan Cease has yet to prove he knows where the plate is. Although with and you know the Cubs, they would have all they needed was a um, if they had a crystal ball, their DH would either be Eloy or Nick Castellanos. Instead, right. uh, sometimes it's uh, Steven Souza, and sometimes <laughs> it's Josh Fickley. Uh, not, not ideal, but nobody not knew ideal. that you know nobody knew this was going to happen. 
so but that I, that I wanted to transition that into so Quintana is now throwing bullpens, which right. seems like if you're throwing bullpens, maybe you ought to just throw from the bullpen because right. we don't exactly have uh, we're not flush with options down there. We're just gonna get your rehab right. working maybe, live. How about like right now would be a good time for Jose to be getting an inning. The Cubs are down seven to nothing, and uh, Dwayne Underwood is in in the third inning of a game. And it's bad. He's bad. So there's, it's funny to see that there been. It's like, well, you know, uh, he really is only a two pitch pitcher now, and that's that would be fine for the bullpen, and he get a little uh, velocity uptick if he's in the bullpen. But like we talked about, that means you're basically committed now to Mills as you know you're as a starter. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, but the general public is. And it. You, I, but I don't know that it works the other way around. What what kind of value could you get out of Alec Mills in your bullpen? When Not when much. is it? Oh, you know what we need right now? We need the sixty-five mile an hour curveball. This is perfect. <laughs> Let's go get him. So it's are tough. they are they actually stuck at a point where it's not ideal to have Q in the bullpen? But honestly, it probably just makes the most sense. And or you put it, put him down there, get him. At least let him pitch for a while. One of your starters, I mean, every other team starters are dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. At some point, one of your guys Somewhere is going to get down. hurt. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I suppose the so the the situation will just resolve itself. And that's why I've been getting a kick out of the fact that this whole thing has become like some sort of debate. It's like they're going to need all these guys to start. They're going to need all six, probably more starters at some point. But it, yeah, I I absolutely agree. I don't get why two simulated innings in South Bend or wherever is any different or better than having him just pitch tonight. But I mean, and even Quintana fresh off the deal, Quintana on the DL was probably better than <laughs> a solid 40% of their bullpen. Well, I, Oh God, this is infuriating. All right. Well, they clearly need to stretch him out as a starter, no matter how they use him. Right. Because he's going to have to start a game games at some point i you know i was saying that if they swept the royals which they're clearly not going to do but let's say they have another just another good week they're already in the playoffs like i mean right now like at 10 and 2 right they're 10 and 2 yep odds to be 10 and 3 so what do you need to get into the playoffs you need 27 wins 30 wins at most yeah it's like 30 feels like it would, 30 feels, 30 like, feels like it's going to make end. it. If you, I would say if you win 34 games, you there's no way, there's no possible way you miss the playoffs. That, that would be like the... You know. Right, but... So that's only, that's only only 24 more wins. 27 or 28 might do it. Yes, it very well could. You could. Um, so as of right now, they need to win, what, 18 games out of 48? <laughs> like Yeah, they don't. Right, they would. So they would have to go full cub. Right. I mean, if they went twenty, I'm trying to do the math. So they, if they went twenty and twenty six, you know, they're in. Yep, I would agree. And this team hits too well and starts too well to yeah. go twenty and twenty six. Even as bad as last year was, they never went twenty and twenty six. No. I think their worst stretch was twenty eight and thirty two. So. I sort of wonder if you couldn't just bring whenever Quintana's ready, depending on what your record is, you just go, well, we're just going to go with six-man rotation because it doesn't matter. Yeah, and there was talk of that in the spring. Yeah. Before he 
you know, went bobbing for knives with his hand. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and the, the other thing is, okay, so you're, so you're playing for, you're, you're playing for seeding because home field, oh, other than, cares? well, no, but I'm just saying because home field advantage really is last at bat. That's the only yeah. advantage you get. So there's no reason to try to ring out the last few wins unless there's like one matchup you're trying to avoid. In the National League, if, you, if you're like, all right, if we win three more games, we can avoid the Dodgers, then you do it. If it's anybody right. else, it's like, well, what the hell does it matter? They're, we're all the same. <laughs> right. It's all a blob. Right. And it, really, can... it really doesn't matter if we're at home or the road because there are no fans. There's no, you know, right. unless there's a some part, unless maybe you're trying to avoid Coors Field. I could see something like that. Um, but otherwise, it's it, good for them. Well, that's true like, because they hit and yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and even I mean, yeah, you don't want to play the Dodgers, but you know that they're going to be the top seed no right. matter what. Right. So. The Cubs shouldn't. They'd really have to flop to be. They'd really have to flop, right? Because you're going to have to be the worst team that makes the playoffs to play the Dodgers. But even the Dodgers, I mean, you're talking two of three, like any team can goof well, maybe, two of three. So maybe that becomes a thing. Maybe it's like you know what we. We want to play the Dodgers in the first round because we're because not going to beat them. We only five the, all right, the only, if you know we can beat them two out of three. We're not going to beat them three out of five. We're sure as hell not going to beat them four out of seven. So let's start. Right. Let's start tanking because we, we want to. We want our shot. <laughs> we're going to take our moonshot at two wins against the Dodgers and send them home. And then we're well, here, we become other, we become the number one seed as soon as we knock off the the top seed. Here's the other thing, and I don't think Quintana's this guy, so it doesn't matter. And it's only a sixty game season, but. This is his free agent year, and he might not exactly be on board with being a reliever for when he goes to market in the winter. Like, he might want to prove that he can still be a very effective starter. Now, I don't know know if the seven starts he would get would be enough. Or I would say this might actually be a gift to him because he doesn't get the opportunity to prove – you know, there's a downside to that too, especially if you're only right. going to get a handful of starts and you just don't pitch well, and you're like, ah, shit. You know, I'm a lot better than this, but I didn't get a chance to show it. If you don't have right. a chance to show it, you go into free agency going, look, I cut my finger off in spring training. <laughs> when, by the time I got back, this ridiculous half, you know, third season was almost over, so I just went to the bullpen, and the other team's like, all right, fine. Uh, it might actually be that might, might be better than trying to get yourself ready on the fly and hopping into the rotation and have people go, oh, I don't think there's much left. And you're like, well, that wasn't representative of anything. So maybe right. it's better to not even be in the role that you're going to apply for next year. And again, I don't, I don't think Quintana's. Yeah, if they told guy. him to go to the bullpen, he'd go to the bullpen. Yeah, but <sighs> and I don't think that part's going to hurt him. In free agent. Well, now do I don't know you... that he could do anything to really help his stock, and I don't think he, in, a, in a half season, a half half season, I don't know how much he can hurt it. Do he's you just going to think... be? He's going to have people are going to have to look at his track record, and that's not going to change much in this little no, season. There's not going to be enough of a sample. But okay, this is two prong question. Do you think a the Cubs would use him as a multi inning guy out of the pen, and b do you think he'd be really effective like that? It's not like his stuff is dynamite you know he's a good pitcher who spots his stuff well he throws hard for a lefty i guess but you know he's not coming out of the pen for two three innings and putting 95 up there you know he's he's 91 92 
Yeah, he's he's a command heavy guy. Obviously, we we got a sneak peek of that, I guess, in the 2017 playoffs in that game five when he what did he end up pitching like two thirds of an inning and yeah, that didn't go so well. Yeah, that did not go particularly well. But that well. was, I mean, he was on his throw day. I mean, Madden lost his fucking mind. <laughs> you know that series, like he had no business being out there. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna, add, I don't, I'm not gonna judge his ability to come out of the pen the first time he's done it on his throw day. You know, like <laughs> in a game five where all the rules of of nature went out the window. I mean, Scherzer got lit up. You know, out of the pen, like, um, so. I mean, I don't. I think he can be okay out of there, but I'm not. He's not going to be the guy who, like, oh yeah, we brought him out of the pen. He throws two or three innings, and he's got a .80 ERA. Like, he just doesn't have that stuff. Um, it's worth a shot because if you can have, again, Andy, this must be the sixth or seventh time we've come back to this. If they could have two or three guys who could throw two or yeah. three innings. They wouldn't have to worry about the rest of the trash that's out there. Yeah, and he, it could be that maybe he's more effective as a multi-inning reliever just because he doesn't have like the, you know, the dominant stuff. You're like, oh, here's their best lefty. We're gonna bring Jose in. He's gonna get him out. Maybe his value is we know he can get us. You know, we've got one out in the fifth, and we need somebody to get us to the seventh. We're gonna have Jose try it. Um, yeah, and it seems like Ross has been trying. Although who knows with this bullpen, he's had a lot of instances over the last week where a guy has finished an inning and then he's brought him back to start the next. Almost like they're trying to figure out, all right, which which ones of these guys can we do this with? Especially with the three batter thing, they have to make a decision. As Len explains that rule to us every freaking night, um, you you have a decision to make. If a guy comes in and gets the final out of an inning. You could take him out right then, but if you start the next inning, he's got to get two out. And I wonder if maybe that's kind of what they're trying to figure out because they've done it a, quite a few times. It also could simply be we don't have anybody in that bullpen that's any good, so screw it. You didn't get lit up last inning. Keep pitching. Right. You haven't actually be, been set aflame. Could be that simple. So you try it again. Um, it's not going well for Dwayne Underwood either. Uh yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's no good answer here. Um, I think they'll stretch him out, and they'll just let a- Alec Mills prove. Now we've been over this. It's Chatwood who, who's got the stuff that would play. Yes, he's the guy who comes in and throws the last three innings, and everyone goes home if he's on song. Yeah, well, and that's the uh, move that would pe- would people would I mean, maybe not as much after tonight, but if the if their idea had been, all right, Q's back, he's ready to go. We're going to put him on the rotation. We're going to pull Chatwood out of the rotation because we think he can actually be a weapon in our bullpen where we know Mills can't and we don't think Q can. So we know it looks weird because, you know, you know Tyler's been good, but to help us, he's the guy who can get who can pitch more than one inning out of the bullpen for us with stuff, and we're going to do it. And honestly, it's you wouldn't you wouldn't blame them completely if they're like, He's the only guy we could put down there who has the stuff to pitch at the end of the game. So we're, mm-hmm. he's going to be our eighth and ninth inning guy. And yeah, it looks weird because he was he'd been a good starter, but this is the best way to use him. It would be completely defensible. And this is this is the kind of stuff that these guys are supposed to do. This out of the box, right. you know what? This looks weird, but we're going to do it because this is, is the best use of this player. I honestly think that might be it. It's Q back to the rotation. And it's Chatwood. 
into the bullpen, and if used right, you might get a lot more, even more value out of him than just having him pitch every five days. I mean, especially, and again, with, you know, it's such a weird season that Chatwood, who's in a free agent year as well, you know, it's he'd like, have to, well, he, he'd have you, to have you, some pretty big stones after the money he's literally <laughs> stolen to right. go in and complain about it now. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. All right, well, the last thing but, I want to tell Oh, but sorry, he might have those stones. Let's 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 be fair. He might have those. That's true. I mean, he he did keep showing up for work. Um. All right. The last thing I want to talk about, just briefly, we were treated not once but twice this week to a three-man booth where one of the men was sitting in his kitchen or his bar. I don't know in Arizona on somewhat of a delay. Such a fine sight to see. <sighs> So what did you guys think of uh, the Cubs going remote to Mark Grace for two full games? I, I just don't get why uh, well they for after so long they finally have something really good in the booth in Lennon JD and they're just hell bent on jamming more and more stuff down our throat, whether it's Ryan Dempster or a, a weird FaceTime from Mark Grace's wine cellar or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it, I just uh, it feels obviously completely unnecessary and just forced. And I don't know. I wish they would just let Len and JD do their thing. Cause they're so good as they are. <laughs> you don't want to know what I think. <laughs> oh, we do want to know. What think. <laughs> I think, and I, uh, Andy, I have to apologize. I haven't looked up the names of the two gentlemen who run marquee sports. Well, they're but, the mics. I don't remember. Right. But they are calling the mics. They are clearly helpless. And they're clearly the type of, well, I guess they're not hedge fund bros, but they're definitely bros who actually have no idea what they're doing. So they're just going to do stuff to make it look like they're doing because they're not secure enough to let things go as they've been. This is the exact same reason Len and JD are in shirts and ties because they don't have any ideas. They don't have anything new, but they can't just sit there and let something that everyone already loves yep. be that. So they have to come in and do something to make it look like they're doing something. Otherwise, they don't feel like they can justify their position. So yep. you have Lennon JD, who might be the most beloved local baseball broadcast anywhere. Yep. I can't. I, I don't think I've ever met a Cubs fan who doesn't like Lennon JD. You can't, but they can't leave it alone. Like, well, we got to add something to this because. We gotta do something. Like we, you know, people will love it if we add something to it, you know, and and no one will question us if we keep doing this. So that's what they did. They were like, well, we'll we'll stick them with Dempster. We'll bring in Grace. You know, we'll just we'll have more to it. So they just it's basically like look busy. You know, it's like the boss is coming. Look busy. Yep. Yeah, and that's all this is. It's you're exactly right. It's classic middle manager syndrome. It's yep. I can't take credit for something that was already here. So instead of being smart enough to work on other things, I'm going to tinker with this so that I can go, look, I made it better, even though I've clearly made it worse. And you can tell JD's run out of patience for it. Like, he's the world's nicest guy, but, like, he knows what he and Len had, and he knows how comfortable they were, and he knows that these guys don't serve any purpose, and he's got to keep kicking it to them, even though he can just handle it. And I, I don't know if, 
you know, the the Dempster thing is annoying just because it they just they're trying to cram him down our throats. <clears throat> he does the middle three when he's when he apparently it's going to be a thing now when when he's in the studio he's going to also do the middle three innings which is just useless and he doesn't add anything because he's a he's a pitcher who's an analyst who's not as good as the pitcher who's an analyst that they already have so they don't need it right. and i don't know if the, if they took the same approach with grace which is okay you're going to do it every once in a while you're not going to do the whole freaking game we just don't need that um and if it was actually in person because it, it was it the fact that they tr- that they did it two nights in a row with him 2000 miles away was just asinine <laughs> It maybe yeah. maybe that works if it's just a couple of innings and he's there and he's yucking it up with the guys and then he disappears and like, all right fine that wasn't so bad but it clearly was not going to work the first game he did they apparently lost the connection with him and when he came back everybody at home was like oh shit Grace is back it was like we didn't miss him that he had been gone for two innings and all of a sudden he was back um, and then he was it was worse the second night he was doing it was he you kept hearing him he did it he must have done it a dozen times. Where you, I would be quiet. You just hear him go, "Yes, <laughs> right." Because he's he was getting, clearly he, he, right. He was getting. They were telling him something in his ear, and he thought he was on talkback, so he was just letting them know, "Yes, I heard that. I'll do that." But he wasn't hitting the button, or the button wasn't working, and so you just had him randomly he going, have one. "Yes." He's just randomly going, "Yes," and they're like, can, "Stop, can, stop talking. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to audibly affirm this. We can hear you." Can you have a talkback with this sort of setup? I, mean, I don't like, know. I, I don't know what the setup is. I don't know if they've just got him on a freaking Zoom call or if they've got. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Like, it, the thing it's like, all right, you guys have twenty-one hours on every game day to program with all of this stuff. Don't mess with the three hours at work. Right. Try all your stuff in the other hours, but it's already. I know. I'm, I don't think I'm alone. The pregame and the postgame show are, they're not just, they're the complete opposite of much watch. I i will make sure that I don't accidentally tune in too soon. <laughs> and I change the channel as quick as I can when the game is over. So I don't have to watch that because the pre and postgame are brutal. And not to be completely honest, I got used to that the last few years because the Dave Kaplan, David DeJesus pre and postgame show were just, they were also must miss TV. <laughs> So I didn't have to. I didn't have to change that reflex. Like, oh, game's over. Yes. Find something else to watch. That was the bar they had to clear, right. and they didn't. And they and they didn't. Um, they had a they had an analyst who who not only didn't blink, could never remember to close his mouth, and he's better than most of the guys they have trotted out since then. And the other night they had Elise Meneker was filling in for Taylor. And they had Carlos Pena remotely, and clearly they were having trouble with Carlos's with the connection. So Elise had to leave the game a little early. It's I, I, I don't I've seen a picture now of the Marquee Studio building. I don't exactly know where it is, but it's close. She came over so that she could be on the set in case Carlos, in case they couldn't get his connection to work. I mean, this is the kind of high quality that we've got. Which at least you better get over here because uh, Carlos can't figure out, you know, how to run his laptop. It's like, for <laughs> Christ's sakes, get it together. And then, then they had Colorado girl. What's yes. her name? McGregor. Yes. She Taylor was Murray. at Wrigley last night. Right, and that brought up the question. Then my immediate question was, well, first I guess, did she miss the plane? But the second question was, <laughs> do they think that the team is just coming home, like? Taylor, there's no, re- there's no reason yeah. to go to Kansas City for two days. 
Um, have they been told that like this thing in St. Louis isn't going to happen? That that was what I suspected. Below, we haven't seen any of that. So apparently, they're right. they are making them trudge across Missouri, which would be a fun trudge. Um, <laughs> yes. And maybe that was the decision, which is like, you know what, just stay here. And if they're going to St. Louis, you know, we'll throw you in a car. You can go well, to St. Louis. And they're and it, on ESPN Sunday, so like she'd only be going for two more games. Well, and the Kansas City was only one game on marquee because tonight has been on five. Right. So maybe that was the maybe they're already pinching pennies to that extent, which is absolutely no, no, we can't afford to send you. So I don't know. The whole thing has been. <laughs> but like you have a sideline reporter who's who's not on the sideline. She's she's not there. She can't she well, can't and, get all that cutting in that that back back page info that these people never get anyway, but, um, well, and we didn't, we didn't know it until they actually showed her. Right. Like she'd done a couple of drop-ins and he thought, Oh, she must, you know, he didn't even think about it. And then all of a sudden there she was standing with a darkened Wrigley field behind her. And you're like, Oh shit, she's not there. So it's like, well, <laughs> he could have just kept the ruse up. None of us would have known. It's not, it's not like you'd have been like, Oh, that's weird. Taylor's, her reports were much less, they weren't as good tonight. That's, well, no, they were just as good, which is not great. I do enjoy now that she, um, the first, the first update she does, she holds her notepad, and so you can actually read what's on her notepad, and then you can tell exactly what all the updates are going to be for the whole thing. Because um, I took a quick, I took a quick shot of it the first night, and there were only a few things I could read, and I, I wrote what they were, I tweeted out what they were, and sure enough, in that exact order, were everywhere were her updates. It's like, all right, thanks. You might as well. Thanks for the rundown, the un, <laughs> the unintentional rundown, and her handwriting is atrocious. <laughs> her handwriting, you're gonna throw that in on her? No, man, sorry. you were sorry, you Taylor. Were you also, you also have terrible handwriting. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I got. So unless that's all uh, I got. either of you have, this has been an epic. I think it was it was fun. I enjoyed um, good shit or bullshit. I think that went, I think that, that was good. Well. Good call, Andy. Great call. Right. Circle back to it in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. See how much of the shit has turned. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting. They're off to we assume they're off to St. Louis for the weekend, which seems like a terrible idea. And then, um, then but it get, always seems like a terrible idea. Then they get their first. When do they? They get their first actual day off is coming up next week, and it's on the road, which seems like a great reward. Right. Um, you can you can you can have the day off, but you have to stay in the hotel. Here's an extra day in the hotel, um, and with with no break. Where normally you get to go at least play baseball, but uh, right. you're just cooped up for the whole time. But uh, yeah, I mean it's been nice to see um, them actually win games. And it's it's every day is a new surprise, both in the world and in baseball. And all we can do is roll with whatever happens. So we'll see what happens. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Always yeah, podcast. See you guys again next week. Absolutely. <laughs>